0: Welcome Traveler to The Novelist Journey, your guide from Tatooine to the Death Star and everything in between, where we break down writing topics within and without the bookbinding. My name's Daniel, but you can call me Novelist. I'll be your guide on this journey. Traveler, are you there? Is that you next to me? Oh good, okay, my, my site's returning. What happened? If you're just coming into this, you might be as confused as I am right now. If you've been following along, you'll know that we've been trying to start our journey, but so far, have been set back time and time again. Here, I share my thoughts on a particular writing topic. We don't worry about prose or grammar or anything like that. It's all about what we can create. And in times like this, it can get a bit messy. And yes, yes, it's important and all. You'll understand more as we get into it, but I've lost track of everyone besides you. The last thing I remember was a flash and Wayne pushing past me in a hurry. Luckily, as the creator of this story, I can take a moment to just pause and assess before I move forward. While it isn't the topic for today, I'd like to mention that your characters are like AI in a way. They will grow past what you designed for them. They are more than the original things you set in their origin story. And deep down, you know this. As much as you control the narrative, if you restrict their choices too much, you'll start to feel like they aren't the same character because you force them to fit your story when your story should fit around them. It's like having a prince or princess who's a free spirit, yet they are forced to follow laws and rules and traditions that keep them from expressing themselves. As the reader, it's frustrating when the author is the one holding them back. And in this situation, I planned to have the firebird handlers be more open and willing to take us along with however they were traveling. But then the fire popped into my head. That moment, when it started, was the mark of a shift in the story. It opened up a connection for Wayne that I didn't anticipate. And that connection immediately ran deep for one reason or another. If we were really able to see what he went through while he was looking for the firebird, we might understand why he just took off running after the bright light. Until we make a reason, it's up to the imagination. I have the basic premise of this chapter mapped out. It'll become more clear as we go along. But as of right now, we are starting a high-intensity scene. Get ready because I'm unpausing it. The shadow floating in my eyes with each blink is finally fading away, and from the looks of it, everyone was blinded. But, as expected, Wayne is nowhere to be seen. You might have figured it out from what I said a moment ago, but I didn't plan this. I'll tell you now, the topic for today is animal companions. I was going to have the firebird really accustomed to Wayne, and the handlers just hand it over. They weren't so giving as I anticipated. I also didn't think of the animal companion angle until the very end of the last chapter, where I realized Wayne was highly attached to the Firebird. Now he's missing, and so is the Firebird. The handlers are groaning on the ground, faces and bodies scorched. I'd barely recognize them if not for where they stood just a moment before. And as much as they could be considered slight villains for their treatment and repossession of the Firebird from Wayne, Only a few in the group saw them mistreat the Firebird. They are normal people to the others in town, and lashing out or even scoffing at them now would be distasteful. So that's why Simeon made a quick jab at them close enough that only they and I could hear, seeing as he doesn't like them much anyway. You couldn't not hear because you weren't close enough, but because I decided not to think of what he actually said. In a book format, you would likely know what he said as he said it, as it happened. But I'm getting away from my point. We need to find Wayne, and I have a feeling of who knows where he is. Come on, Simeon, spit it out. Since the handlers are out for the count, there's no need to worry about them coming after us or beating us there. I had a feeling that's where he is, in his garden. The garden he grew is immaculate. I didn't describe it much when we were there before, but now that we are about to return there, I have new ideas for what it can be. And that kind of thing happens. In a story like ours, I don't worry about editing since I'm being honest about mistakes like this and correcting them on the spot. In this case, I'm only adding details and expanding what we know about it already. As we're running up to the house, a small trail of smoke rises from the other side. I thought about it earlier today and plan to harp on it time and time again, but it's a great idea to describe your scenery through your characters if you're filtering emotions through them already. It's the same house, but with so many perspectives on how it looks, it can look and feel different to each reader. To me, it's a medieval cottage with a thatched roof and the structural beams showing on the outside walls, but to Simeon, it's his house. He knows the smoke is trouble since it's not coming from the chimney near the front. He knows there's a gate on the side leading to the garden because he is so focused on getting to his brother quickly. But if it were someone else, say a burglar, they would look at the entrances and exits to the house. They'd see what valuables are visible through the windows. And now as we get into the garden, vines are smoldering and turning to dust like the burning of incense. The air smells of roasted vegetables, yet tastes like soot. Little stones previously hidden under the overgrowth of green glint and glimmer near shrunken branches. It doesn't take long to locate Wayne. His clothes riddled with holes, burnt skin showing through. He's shaking while cradling the firebird. Likely from all the pain, but he might not even notice it yet. This is the moment we get to shift our focus to the real topic of today. The connection we are viewing between Wayne and the Firebird. In the book format, we would have seen Wayne's thoughts and the past experiences that influenced his choices so far. He didn't do all of this just because, something motivated it. And now he sits cross legged in the waste of his once great garden with its beautiful flowers. The birds stop chirping in their nests, and all that's left to hear is the falling ash. And the scraping dirt under our shoes as we watch hesitantly. You might have an animal companion, a dog or a cat, a bird maybe, or any animal that gives you company and shares a bond with you. In my book, When Shadows Burn, my point of view character Haruta is the same way. In her introduction chapter, she is seen with a special kind of animal companion, not one any person in our world would have. And the story behind how they met and her motivation behind saving the young dragon's life build on who she is as a character and what influences are present in her life at the time. This next part that I'm going to share reveals her origins to a certain degree, at least to the degree I first thought up. Because, as you might have guessed, she didn't grow up with a dragon, nor was it gifted to her. Instead, she spotted it thrashing in the river. In a key moment in her life, she didn't realize it yet, but on that day, there was a plan set in motion. You have to read the book to see what the plan is. For why it didn't happen the way you're supposed to, we have to analyze Haruta and the dragon. I made the decision in the story to have a dragon companion for her. It's not unheard of in my world for dragons to live alongside humans, similar to how wolves were domesticated. It is unheard of for nearly any animal to live in the underground city. The once-prospering feline breeds of pylons and monoliths are nearly extinct in the city of Vasir. For the ones surviving in secret, being underground irritates them and drains them of the powers they possess. Mongrens, a bug-like animal inspired by silverfish, slip around the city through pipes. And only one dragon lives in Vesir. That dragon is Haruta's companion, one she dove into the river for, hid in an old fishing storage downstream with and still food for, yet before all of that, she had no connection to the dragon at all. Just like we saw with Wayne and the firebird, Haruta seemed to attach herself to the dragon for no reason, but the reason lies in the background. If you want your character to attach to an animal, why are they doing it? You could have a reluctant character who turns away from animals because they lost a precious companion not too long ago. Or, in Haruta's case, you have a character that loses a sibling, and dragons are a way to connect to them. In the book, Haruta is made an only child after both of her older siblings are put to death. Just before that, her older brother would share stories of the dragons he saw flying overhead, and she was mesmerized by the vibrant stories from every time he went to the surface. He would tell her the most about his favorite dragon, the Watanuki. It just so happened they made their homes in small caves formed on the cliffside. The cliffside happens to be the side of the plateau that Vesir is built under. And while the chance of a dragon falling into this specific river and finding its way past so many fishing nets is impossible, it happened just this once. And there are key story events that support it happening. This dragon, named after her brother, is the only thing Harta has left to remember him. So when she jumped in on that day, because the dragon felt like a sign sent by her brother, she did so spontaneously. Now we get to explore the reason behind Wayne's choice. As I pointed out earlier, animal companions are most of the time used for emotional support they can sometimes be used solely for their skills. In Wayne's case, he is quite obviously attached to it. Simeon talked to him just now. Or more of, they did some sibling thing without any words, instead just staring at each other, making faces and shrugging. Simeon looked a little defeated after such a battle of silence, telling me that Wayne had been holding back so much pain for the animals they've killed when hunting. So the abuse from the handlers bubbled up. He stomached the hunting because it was always for food and never sport. But this was something else. You might think that too easy of an excuse for his actions. In a novel setting, a lot of this would be more natural through narration of his actions and how reluctant he is when hunting in either flashbacks or an introduction scene. The most important thing in a scenario introducing an animal companion is the build-up. It's the background of the character. And the personality you give the animal. Some heroes may have an animal companion that seems like a polar opposite to the personality they show to others. Others might take on traits of their companion or imprint some of their own traits onto the animal. Like this one person I saw in an IKEA a while back. They had a blue faux hawk and sunglasses, and they weren't alone, with a curly haired dog sporting the same blue stripe and sunglasses. I eventually saw them plastered on Amazon box advertising, so it was kind of interesting having seen them in person before all of that. In the vein of Haruta and the baby dragon, she treats it like family because for her, it really is the only family she has. For Wayne, as we've come to find out, he can't bear to see harm to an animal, especially not the firebird. He is in tune with nature, through his plants and through his time hunting. He eats meat since it is vital for his survival, but has devoted himself to learning plants, which includes a lot of herbal medicines and more. His hands still tremble as they hold the firebird. Only now, I notice something between his hands and the bird. A layer of leaves smoldering, sending an aroma into the air. It's very calming. And it's working on the firebird too. This scene is really drumming up more ideas for me. Those will have to wait for another time, though. Wayne carefully passed the dozing firebird off to Simeon and went to clean his hands up, wrap them, treat the burns. That part in the other episode about your characters showing off what they can do, I think this moment really showed that. Wayne has talent. He's got focus to learn more, and if we ever need it, he'll hopefully have the tools to save us. Simeon has his pluses, too, we just haven't seen it come out yet. Wayne came back, hands wrapped up like he escaped from a mummification. And since we made quite the commotion just now, I suspect it's time for us to take our leave. As the perpetrator of this adventure, and the one somewhat guiding us, I still let us to have to walk, even though I really didn't want to. But so is the path we've been given. So, as I hear townfolk folk yelling about the mess that, I caused. No, no. Those handlers caused this, and we got roped in. Anyway, I think we should take our leave. It's a rough situation to start an adventure with, but I'm sure others have been in worse condition at the start of theirs. So I hope you're both still packed. Whatever those leaves are, bring a lot of them. We barely escape over the garden wall directly in the back, and it leads straight into the woods. Somehow, I've been designated as the bag carrier, at least while Wayne heals. If you found anything helpful or used these ideas to make something, share it in the subreddit. You'll find it at redditcom r thenovelistjourney Journey. Make sure to email me at the at gmail.com or on the subreddit to let me know what direction or path you'd like to veer towards on our journey. Follow on Twitter AKA X for updates on our journey, and listen to this podcast on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We're headed into the unknown, unprepared, but ready. Why? Because after a long time stuck in this town, I think we deserve to get out and face the world. There's so much to learn and to overcome. We won't ever learn if we don't venture away from the comfortable. So let's go. Travel the pages, conquer the book, build your legend.